are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Friday. It's game day, so happy Friday, happy game day, and it's happy times for Charlotte Hornets fans, to be completely honest, because the team is 6-1, off to the best start in franchise history, and they're doing it because they're getting balanced play on offense and defense, they're getting star play from Kimba Walker, and they're getting excellent bench play and consistent bench play from guys like Spencer Hawes and, and Frank Kaminsky. Uh, so it's it's exciting times, but there is a big matchup coming up tonight against the Toronto Raptors, and they've got a lot of star power. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, they've got a few injuries as well. It seems to be this common theme, this common thread that's going throughout the season. The Hornets are a little banged up, and they've played teams that are a little banged up, so we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, we're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. No David Walker today, but he will be joining us a little later with his matchup of the night. Raptors visiting Charlotte, tipping that off at 7 o'clock tonight. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. And I just want to say a quick thank you to all of the hardcore Hornets fans out there. Yes, I'm talking about you. Uh, you're part of the club, and you've done a great job of getting the word out. The The numbers uh, have been growing on this show. The numbers are amazing. We, we are in the top five of the network for growth, and that's pretty outstanding because Charlotte, not a, not a huge market. And and we're, we're hanging in there with, with some of the big boys here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And that's all because uh, of you guys. So this entire show will be about this game tonight because it is so important. The five and two Raptors visiting the Charlotte Hornets, the Hornets on a three-game homestand right now before they take off to travel and face off against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, hey, by the way, the Hornets are tied with for number one in the Eastern Conference. So I've got Sean Woodley coming up from Locked On Raptors. He's going to give you a ton of information about what's been going on with Toronto. You you will feel completely prepped uh, for tonight's game by the end of that. And then David Walker coming up with his matchup of the night. But first, I want to talk about what intrigues me most. I think you know MKG versus DeMar DeRozan is interesting. I think that DeMar DeRozan in general, uh, because he has been off to such a hot start, 30-plus points a night. It's It's been amazing uh, to watch him uh, blossom after signing that big contract with Toronto. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things in this matchup, but what I'm going to look at will be Kimba Walker versus Kyle Lowry, two point guards, two all-star caliber point guards in the Eastern Conference going mano e mano. And why this interests me and why I think it probably interests you as well is because for the past couple of games, Kimball Walker has played extremely, extremely well. But, but you have to look at his competition, I think. Isaiah Whitehead against Brooklyn, uh, Rodriguez for Philadelphia, and then he doesn't get a chance to go up against George Hill, who early in the season is averaging 20 points, five assists. No, instead, Hill sits out with the injury for Utah, 
and he goes up against Shelvin Mack. And Shelvin Mack was completely outmatched uh, by Kimba Walker. And again, credit to Kimba for not playing to the level of his competition, for going one-on-one with these guys and and showing, hey, listen, I'm the better point guard here, and and I'm going to show it. And he definitely did that. Shelvin Mack uh, was completely, I think, both... And, and you have to credit, I think, Kimba's defense most of all because he's been so aggressive with these point guards who are clearly not ready for this. He had four steals the other night against Utah, and you know he's been very aggressive on the ball, very aware off the ball on defense. And I think it all goes back to that game against Boston when he last played a an all-star caliber point guard in Isaiah Thomas. And I thought IT really sliced and diced Kimba Walker on offense. And Kimba has said that, you know, he got together with head coach Steve Clifford to look over tape to improve his defense this season. And he wasn't a bad defender last season, especially for someone of his size. He is a good, really good, really aware and really hardworking pick and roll defender, but there's always room for improvement. And all of these, you know, with with the pick and roll heavy offenses that we're seeing across the league, it's all, it's a very extremely fast paced game of rock, paper, scissors. What do I mean? I mean that you're, you're going to be facing a decision of, do I go under the screen? Do I go over the screen? And then there's all kinds of layers of different coverages that they lay in, depending on what the guy behind you is doing. And so, and if, and if a team is trying to disguise where that pick is going to come from, then you're trying to d- decide, okay, they're throwing me paper. I think they're going to throw me paper. Do I throw them scissors to counter that? And it's all punch, counterpunch, but you're trying to anticipate what the offense is going to do based on tape, based on just your instincts, based on what you're seeing moment to moment. And we've seen so far Kimba Walker make very good judgment calls. And, you know, all of these things are just like shooting percent. We don't have good, I don't think we have really good percentages on. I don't really have any percentages on like how many mistakes people make on pick and rolls because a lot of it it's a, it's still it's a little subjective, right? It's not completely objective like a shooting percentage. Like we know when a shot misses and when it doesn't. We don't always know uh, when there could be a little bit of debate when a guy should have gone over on a screen or should have gone under on a screen. But it is still a percentage. Like you're going to make mistakes in pick and roll. And that's when guys have to recover and help and different things happen. But I think that Kemba, uh, you know, Coach Steve Clifford is satisfied with Kemba's defense in the pick and roll, but it can be better. And I think it has been better. And it especially has been better since Isaiah Thomas. So now he comes to tonight and he has to face off against Kyle Lowry, who Lowry hasn't been as aggressive on offense because DeMar DeRozan has been so good. But this is a test. This is a test for Kemba Walker. And he's had three games to basically prepare for it. And and we're going to see what happens tonight. So that's what intrigues me. And I think Kimball Walker gets up for this matchup. And he's been locked in anyway. That's the exciting thing. I think if you're heading to Spectrum Center, you're watching on television, whatever, you have to be excited about the fact that Kimball Walker has played well up to this point since the Isaiah Thomas matchup. And, and I think he, you know, I think there's even more 
It's, it's just, and, and I talked about this earlier in the week that if you looked across the games that they had to play, so they played the Pacers, which was supposed to be an up and coming team, but sort of fell short. And, or at least wasn't playing well early in the season. Then you play Utah, which is a team that's generally meeting expectations, and they're a young team, a talented team. So that's a that's one step up. Now you're now you're playing Toronto, and they showed it last season. They were the number two seed last season, and they brought back nearly everyone. And so that's an even bigger test. And if the Hornets win, go to seven and one, and jump that hurdle. Well, all of a sudden now, Sunday, you're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers for the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. So this has been a series of, and it's been interesting because it is laid out uh, kind of like a staircase. They've been able to uh, get by the first two matchups. Will they play well enough to get the win at home against Toronto? Uh, that That's what we're going to watch. So keep it locked into at uh, Locked on Hornets on Twitter as we, we will be live tweeting the game from inside the arena. Should be a great one for more on what's going on with the Toronto Raptors. They have a few injuries as well, but they also have one of the, if not so far at least early in this season, the best player in the league, shooting guard, DeMar DeRozan. That's where we start our conversation with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors. Let's do it. Sean, let's start with the big story around the Toronto Raptors, and that has to be your star shooting guard, DeMar DeRozan. He re-signs there in Toronto, and boy, is he having a big season, scoring over 30 points. He's the NBA's leading scorer right now. He just had 37 in in, in the last game against Oklahoma City. What's going on with DeMar? People are supposed to tail off after they sign the big contract, but not DeRozan. Yeah, it's. uh, I got to say, it's been a blast to watch so far. very unexpected because the thing with Demar is uh, there's always been sort of that, that that sort of cloud over him that he doesn't shoot threes that he's always going to have sort of a cap on what his efficiency can be uh, because of that and there's always going to be a cap on sort of how useful he can be to a team in the modern NBA but he's kind of proving all that wrong right now because he's just so efficient right now from mid range he's getting to the basket pretty much whenever he wants and that has always sort of been his. Mo, he's always, you know, kind of said when asked about why don't you shoot more threes, he says I can get to the rim anytime I want. So why would I shoot threes? Which he's not wrong. He's uh, he's able to get to the basket. He's averaging right now uh, twenty or not, no, uh, ten free throw attempts a game, and he like that's sort of been what he's done the last couple seasons. That sort of becomes a tougher way to live in the playoffs because. Uh, you know, whistles tighten up and teams defend you differently. But in the regular season, it's been a great formula. And the fact that he's shooting 53% right now from the field is, I mean, it's amazing. His career field goal percentage is 44. uh, And he's always been sort of a high 30s kind of guy for mid-range, but he's just knocking everything down right now. And it's just sort of subtle differences, I think, in terms of how he's doing it. A, he's getting a lot more usage right now, which I think will come back. His usage rate right now is 37 and a half percent when he's out there. So that is probably going to come down closer to where his uh, sort of career average has been the last few seasons with the Raptors, where he's been sort of the one a option where it's been about 28, 29 as his usage. So that'll come down. You would think, but he's getting a lot of shots. He's, you know, beefed up his efficiency. Currently, his PER is through the roof at 31.1. That's like Tracy McGrady prime numbers. Uh, so 
it, yeah, I, I, it's very subtle, different things that he's doing. He's, uh, he's a little more. I don't know if you've watched much Demar Derozan. In, in the, the sort of thing with his jump shot is he always looks to be off balance, or used to look off balance. He would sort of go for those unnecessary fadeaways over defenders uh, when he's got guys draped all over him, and just makes it tougher on himself than he, than it needs to be. He doesn't really he. You know, wouldn't pass out of those situations very often. This season, he's finding a lot of space. The Raptors are setting great screens. The Raptors are leading the league in assist. Uh, sorry, screen assists so far. At least they were a couple days a couple days ago. The last time I checked, and he's just getting a lot of space to either get to the basket with a head of steam or just finding you know wide open pockets of you know undefended territory where he can just launch up for those mid range jumpers. That if they're not contested, he's one of the better guys in the league at hitting them. So. I think that's sort of what it is. I'm not sure if it's totally – I mean it's probably not sustainable what this is right now. It's uh, by far his career best field goal percentage and you know he's outscoring his career best uh, per game average by like 11 points. So that's not going to stay but it's really fun while it's lasting and there are some sort of indicators that sort of suggest that maybe he can be a guy who contends for a scoring title this season especially if guys like Kyle Lowry are going to take a step back and sort of be more facilitating – uh, than they are just sort of running the offense with their, with their usage. Yeah, it's it's so it has to be just incredibly tough to defend him because I I was doing some scouting myself watching uh, his play this season and if if a defender thinks for half a second if they take a half step back to try to keep him out of the rim he, or away from the rim he can pull up in an instant and mm-hmm. he's so tall he's so lengthy that he can shoot over the top. And he has just been hitting them one after the other. And and then when a defender thinks, okay, well, I've got to step up, be more aggressive on these shots. And not to mention the fact that uh, I think Valanchunas has been a, a big part of this because his screens have set up so many of of uh, DeMar DeRozan's uh, either drives to the rim or pull-ups. Yeah. Um, but it, it just has to be incredibly hard to defend him. Uh, we do have to talk about uh, Jonas Valanchunas because uh, he didn't play against the Thunder. He is... Uh, listed as day-to-day. Can you give an update to our listeners about his status for Friday uh, with that knee injury? Yeah, so he's missed the last two games. He missed the game against the Kings on Sunday. It was sort of a late scratch kind of deal. Uh, And he's got a knee contusion. And the Raptors sort of seem to be hinting that it's just a day-to-day thing that, you know, every game it's sort of a game-time decision to see how he feels and warm-ups and things like that. Uh, Get the impression that it was pretty close uh, to him playing yesterday based on uh, what Ryan Wolstat of the Sun, the Toronto Sun, who is with the team right now, uh, was reporting, and that I, I, the thing with the Raptors is last season they learned with Damari Carroll to uh, maybe take it easy with minor things like knee contusions because that's what Damari Carroll had before they had him play on it, and eventually he needed surgery to fix something else. And uh, I, I think they're going to take it easy with Valanciunas, especially the way the rookies are playing right now. I don't think there's a need to rush You're early in the season. There's no need to, you know, sort of hamper your chances down the line by rushing him back. I do think he'll be back pretty soon. Uh, same with Terrence Ross, who missed the game on Wednesday as well. Uh, it was that win was really impressive because they're missing two of their probably top seven guys in the rotation, and they didn't really seem to miss a beat. It might have been their best game of the season so far. So the Raptors are doing okay without Valanciunas, of course, with two rookies and Lucas Nogueira, who is essentially a rookie. Uh, as your three front court options right now behind Patrick Patterson without Valanchunas, you need JV back, but I don't see a point in rushing it, especially with the way the Raptors have started. Well, the Toronto Raptors have the benefit of having so much continuity. They bring back so many players. What have you seen early on in this season? How, how has that continuity benefited them? 
Actually, I think the big thing is that that's sort of been it's sort of the culture the Raptors have built over the last few years. Uh, Eric Kareen of the Athletic Toronto wrote about this a couple of days ago. You can check that out. Um, Eric's one of the best guys covering the team. He kind of wrote about how the continuity and the culture that's being built there, you know, with guys like DeMar DeRozan, who is a notorious gym rat, as they like to say, uh, and how that sort of really helped integrate the rookies quickly and helped them sort of be ready to sort of con- con- contribute even in the small roles that they have right now. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. As far as the rest of it goes, yeah, the Raptors have, you know, Dwayne Casey has his set lineups that he likes to go to. He has his rotations that, I mean, last season the Raptors essentially used like four different lineups the entire year. Uh, it was a very set rotation that that Casey stuck to. And you can start, I mean, Casey's trying to do that as much as he can right now. He's obviously shorthanded guys, but he's, you know, still starting second quarters with a Lowry plus bench guys unit that hasn't been great yet, but has historically been really good just with Bismack Biombo as the backup center and not either Pirtle or Lucas Noguera. But yeah, I, I think it's just a, a good way to start a season, just sort of knowing what you are, knowing uh sort of how things work knowing the system and everything like that and it's been a help i think because a lot of the guys are are kind of struggling right now kyle lowry got going last night from three but he was still just six of 20 from the field and he's not shooting terribly well right now patrick patterson is still working his way back Corey joseph's been a little off so i think with those guys struggling sort of i guess having the continuity and sort of knowing uh having the chemistry and the defensive sort of wits and instincts down and just sort of knowing how to play on that end together that's probably helped them weather this storm where they've been unhealthy and they've had a little bit of poor play to start you mentioned the defense Kyle Lowry actually leads the league right now in deflections those new uh, NBA hustle stats that they brought out for the playoffs last season so we don't really have context in terms of how many deflections he had last season he very well could have led the league last season for that but have you seen those deflections uh, bear out in the defense. Has Kyle Lowry been more aggressive this season defensively? And just tell us about the defense that Toronto plays overall. Yeah, I think it, I've, it's kind of been the same from Kyle. He's just really steady on that end. I uh, checked a couple days ago. I'm pulling up the numbers now, but a couple days ago, the Raptors were 13 points better on defense when Lowry's on the floor. That's pretty good. When he's, yeah, he's uh, he's he's really good, and that's sort of the whole debate you get in when you're talking about Lowry versus some of the other point guards in the Eastern Conference. People kind of discredit Lowry's defense, which is you know he's maybe a top three or four defensive point guard in the NBA at this point. And that really shows. But the Raptors as a whole, I, th- I think that was a big concern coming in was the defense that, you know, the, the they're relying on young guys. Jonas Valanciunas is not the most mobile sort of typical rim protector that you like to have. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was a really bad defensive player last season, and he never really has been great. Uh, he's been he's kind of tops out a league average on the very best days, and he hasn't been very good this season. But considering the offensive load he's shouldering, that kind of makes sense. Um, but the, there was a concern that, you know, the defense didn't look great in the, in the preseason. It didn't look like it was coming together, but you know, Jakob Pertle has been surprisingly really adept at protecting the rim. Bebe Noguera had two blocks last night in his first real run of minutes where he looked really good defensively. Um, and you have Lowry, Terrence Ross, uh, didn't play last night, but he's looked really solid defensively, really getting in passing lanes. Same with Pascal Siakam, the Raptors, other rookie who is, energetic to a fault at times where he just kind of gets himself out of position looking for steals and looking for deflections and things like that but he gets them and that's a big part of the, what the Raptors do they like to turn guys turn teams over I think DeRozan had three steals last night as well and uh yeah the defense has been a pleasant surprise so far I think a lot of people expected it 
to sort of take a tumble without Bismack Biombo, uh, who was just such an anchor. I mean, you're you're familiar with Bismack. Oh yeah, uh, and what, yeah and we what know what that guy there. does, and we know yeah. what that guy does to the Hornets. I I, I feel like the the games uh, the last season between the Hornets and the Raptors were very physical, a little chippy, yeah. and I think yeah. a lot of that had to do with Bismack Biombo. Yeah, Biombo uh, was a big part of the defense. You saw it in the playoffs a couple of times where he really sort of carried the defense. He blocked LeBron James, got called for a foul unfairly that one time on that inbounds play. But yeah. either way, he, he was a big part of that. And I think that's a big reason why people thought there would be some problems with the defense, uh, which was a top 10 unit last year. I kind of expected it to maybe be middle of the pack and the offense would sort of carry the load to start. Um, but no, the defense has held its own and been a lot better than I think most people expected. All right, help me finish a couple of sentences here, Sean. If the Horn, sure. if, excuse me, if the Raptors do blank, they'll beat the Hornets. And the second one is if the Raptors do not do blank, they'll lose to the Hornets. I think if the Raptors hit their threes, they have a really good shot of beating the Hornets. They have a really good shot of beating anybody when they hit their threes. That's been a problem so far this year. Right now, they're shooting 29% from three, which uh, I think there's some really, I mean, the couple starts at the couple games at the start of the year really sort of nuked those stats. Last night, they were much better. I think they were 11 of 26. Uh, they're sort of coming around on that end because they do have a lot of guys who are high percentage three point shooters. There aren't a ton of guys on the roster as a whole are who are like great three point shooters, but the ones who do it are typically pretty reliable. Kyle Lowry, Patrick Patterson, Terrence Ross, Damari Carroll in particular, who's looked really poor shooting the three so far. Um, so if the Raptors hit their threes, they're efficient enough. They keep the possessions low enough uh, with their pace that they become really hard when they're scoring at that sort of efficient pace. And uh, that is probably the key for me. The, the, the way the Raptors lose tomorrow, I would say, it's probably that DeMar DeRozan and sort of the backcourt doesn't look good on defense and sort of lets Nick Batum and Kemba Walker go crazy. The Raptors have had some issues letting point guards get to the basket. Kemba Walker, I kind of like to think, is sort of a John Wall light and that he can get to the rim kind of whenever he wants. And John Wall absolutely feasted on the Raptors last week when they played. Thankfully, the Wizards are a disaster, and it ended up the Raptors won the game anyway, but Wall had 30-plus points, and I think most of his baskets came as layups that you know the, the perimeter defenders really couldn't contain, because um, that's a lot of pressure to put on your young guys. Uh, you know, Lucas Noguera last night was great against Russell Westbrook, really had a few challenges at the rim that were really impressive, but that's a lot of burden to put on those guys if you're letting these kind of really talented guards get to the rim whenever they want. So I think that's probably the key for the Raptors not to lose. All right, thanks again to Sean Woodley. He is the host of Locked on Raptors. He is he also works for uh, TSN 1050 Radio and writes for Raptors HQ. So he's all over it. He knows what's going on with the Toronto Raptors. You can follow him on Twitter at Woodley, W-O-O-D-L-E-Y, Sean, S-E-A-N, on Twitter. He has a lot of a good tweets, not just on the Raptors, but on the NBA in general, a really good follow. So uh, check him out. Okay, let's kick it over to David Walker, who has the matchup of the night, the one matchup you want to tune into. You know, sometimes... You, you get caught watching the ball. We all do. I understand. Uh, you know, you, you watch where the ball is. That's just sort of the, the natural inclination for the eye. But I encourage you to listen to the matchup that we we try to give one matchup or maybe two matchups to check out for every game. And I encourage you to, uh, you know, just if you think about it during the game, kind of take your eyes off the ball for just a second and check out that matchup because 
it's all things are happening all at the same time and and matchups can sometimes be won and lost off the ball so uh check out our matchup of the night david walker take it away Doug, I think the matchup most people will be watching tonight is that of Michael K. Gilchrist and the league's leading scorer, DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if you've seen him play much this season, Doug, but I watched the Oklahoma City Thunder battle the Raptors the other night. And let me tell you something. DeRozan has about every shot in the the book. I mean, he's got it all from an offensive standpoint. And that night in particular, he had it going. The, the Thunder were actually down, I think, 10 points early. It took him a while to get the scoring going in that game. Um, but he was doing back downs. He was going to the basket. He was finishing off. And he got going on an alley dunk that seemed to kick him off. But like I said, I mean, he's got everything in his arsenal. Um, they did have Kyle Singler on him to start the game. Did not work out that well. Um, but they moved on to put guys like Oladipo and even um, – Anthony Mora on him at times uh, to try and slow him down. And I think that's where Kid Gilchrist will have a little more success. I was a little more athletic, uh, a better defensive player than, than probably any of those three guys, I would say. So, you know, uh, they're going to be throwing their best at him in KG. And, and I think you kind of have to make DeRozan be a standstill jump shooter because a lot of the stuff he likes to do is, like I said, back downs or to the basket or, um, off of uh, of pull-ups, and that's where he's scoring the most points in the league of anyone doing those, 14 points a game on pull-ups, 11 points on drives. But like I said, not many of those are coming off catch-and-shoot possessions, just about two points per game on catch-and-shoots. The league leader, Paul George, gets about 8.7 for some comparison there. But like I said, I mean, you've just got to make it difficult on him. I don't think you can let him get anything easy. Uh, dunks uh, and layups, you know, fast break points, especially they got to locate him in transition because he can still go up and get anything they throw at the rim. So I think it's going to be a real treat for fans who have not seen him play, have not seen the Raptors play so far this season. He is playing at an unbelievable level. It's got to be him and probably James Harden right now, uh, you know, battling it out for tops offensively, at least throw Russell Westbrook in there as well. But again, it's going to be a tough matchup, a good team, a talented team that went to the conference finals last year. And DeRozan, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, how much better can DeRozan and Kyle Lowry get? Well, <laughs> DeRozan looks unbelievable. So MKG is going to have his hands full, but I'm sure the Hornets feel good about that. We'll probably look for some help from guys like Nick Batum and any of the other wing defenders that come in. But I think MKG, that back is ready to go and he's healthy. He's going to have a long night. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for supporting this show. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We're live tweeting tonight's game. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, make sure, take a couple of seconds, just a couple, give us a five-star review because it helps us move up the rankings. But more importantly, you know we're, we're all about word of mouth. We don't do Facebook advertising. We don't do Google advertising. Uh, you know, it's just it's just not our thing. We depend on uh, your support. We depend on you telling your friends, but we also depend on you giving us those five star rankings because five star reviews because it moves us up the rankings. And when people go to iTunes and go, ah, the Hornets are winning right now. I, I want to listen to a podcast about the Hornets. It it makes us pop up, and and so and you guys know, uh, you know that the this is the best Hornets talk out there. We're not giving you just five minutes of Hornets talk if we can get around to it. If we're not talking about college basketball or talking about the Panthers, we get around to the Hornets. And we don't talk about the Hornets just when they're 6-1. and 
we're giving you Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. So uh, that's all we ask. Just help us out. Give us a five-star review there on iTunes. And shoot us your in, – in, um, we'll do a little exchange here. So you give us a five-star review and then send us a question, a comment, and we'll answer it on the show. That's, that's our promise to you. If you have something you want to know about, if you have a question about tonight's game – Make sure to send it to us on Twitter at LockedOnHornets or via email, buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again uh, next week for not only Locked On Hornets, but also Locked On Hornets Live on Tuesday on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. It's a big week next week. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.